Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, folks. It is the notorious, glorious V, the guerrilla economist, the man who is the analyst who gives it to you raw, like C4 to your door, destroying every preconceived notions of nonsense, exposing the myopic world, and enhancing and clarifying and bringing into clarity the multipolar world. And I need to stop my rambling before I stop making sense. It's Monday morning, folks. Uh, what can I say? It's Monday morning, and I am chilling like a villain. Hmm. I didn't realize I had coffee sitting on my desk and it was just getting cold. I had no idea that I even put it there. It's, it's one of those Mondays. Anyway, folks, I hope uh, you guys had a wonderful, restful weekend. I most certainly did. had a very great time relaxing with uh, family, and uh, I love it. absolutely love it. A uh, lot of... You know, it's an interesting month. August has been an interesting month. Uh, beginning of August was great. Uh, then it started petering down towards the middle of August. Uh, towards the end of August, starts going really quiet. And here we are in September. Here we are in September. And, um, you know, we're on to the races, man. We are off to the races. Lots of things going on. For me to say there's not much going on, there's a lot of crap to go on. Okay, but there's a few things that we need to focus on that I always bring to membranes. Number one, the hell's going on in the market. Number two, what's going on geostrategically. And number three, what's going on uh, internally, right? So those are the three biggest things. Uh, I want to bring your mind to attention to someone. Okay, you might have forgotten about this guy, but I need you guys to remember who... This guy is and how integral he is into this entire scheme. Okay. Uh, I believe, and I, I, I said this first, and I said this months and 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 months ago when it happened. I said this based upon how Julian Assange is treated, based on how and what happens to him, that in and of itself is the litmus test of who is in charge, who is not in charge. Is there a, you know, uh, a, a, a uh, what is it, a, the uh, shining knight on the horse, the white horse that is going to come and rescue us from the tyranny of globalism? Or is it just business as usual? Or even the third option, that there probably is a struggle and either side does not have complete control and we're just caught up in the middle of it. All three things, folks, are extremely plausible. All three, all three things are very possible, very much possible, right? Because, look, nothing in this world is black and white. Nothing in this world is rock solid. Okay, Nobody could say that they have exact information that this exact thing is going to happen. Can't say that because there's always a variable. Even when I give you a prediction on something, right, uh, especially something as, as, as fickle as a, as a market move on something, 
it's it's not law. It's not even the elites that are pulling the triggers. They have to make adjustments as well. So if the elites have to make adjustments due to events that they themselves do not even control, because if they controlled every single event, my friend, then you know we might as well throw in the towel because at that point they are gods. Okay, at that point they are gods, but they don't, and they are not. Okay, so likewise. We make we make adjustments. We make adjustments. Uh, one of my favorite journalists. Okay, I don't agree with him on every single thing, but he's a true liberal, and I respect that. I respect that. It's John Pilger. Okay, John Pilger. If you haven't, one of his works, one of his greatest documentaries that I have seen, that has awoken me, a real woken me to the deep state long before it was called the deep state, and really put uh, or frames the military-industrial complex as a whole is his work, The War on Democracy, where he began to detail the 30-some-odd-plus coups that the U.S. has orchestrated all throughout the world, okay, in the, in, under the guise of national security, under the guise of, of, of spreading democracy and, and, and liberating populations and such liberations is wonderful, yes. Well, Pilger, who's a, uh, you know, whom I respect, has uh, been in direct contact with, um, with Julian Assange, okay? And uh, Australian journalist and uh, BAFTA award-winning documentary filmmaker John Pilger says, the psychological torture of WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange continues unabated while he remains rotting, pretty much, folks. In British custody. Pilger tweeted that he recently spoke with Assange and said the journalist has lost even more weight than previously. Excuse me, I had to sneeze. Hit the sneeze button. <laughs> has lost even more weight than previously reported. He's been denied a chance to speak to his own parents on the phone. And the ability for him to speak to someone, specifically his parents, is something that has already been authorized. Okay? Already authorized. Approved phone calls are being denied. The journalist has been a staunch defender of Assange since his showdown with the Western governments began following the WikiLeaks publication of sensitive U.S. documents exposing potential war crimes in Iraq. Well, we can't let that happen. We can't be exposing war crimes in Iraq. Can't do that. No, 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 no. Because then the entire narrative, okay, the entire narrative falls apart. And the entire narrative that we're out there spreading freedom, the entire narrative of, you know, there are weapons of mass distraction, the entire narrative of, of Saddam Hussein was uh, involved with al-Qaeda, that narrative goes out the window, Okay. That narrative goes completely out the window. And, and, the, and the entire thing is this, folks. You have to understand. The most powerful leverage that the elites have over you and over us is the narrative. The most powerful leverage that the elites have over you and all of us is who controls the narrative. If they lose the control of the narrative, then that's a problem. If the narrative begins to fall apart, it's a problem. And we're seeing some, in some regard, to some measure, 
The narrative that the elites have controlled for the last several decades, all, all across the Western and the, and the developed world in general, has fallen apart. This is why we have a rise in nationalism. This is why that it is happening. Okay? Now, Assange 48 has been serving a 50-week prison sentence since his arrest outside the Ecuadorian embassy in London on April 11th, ostensibly for skipping bail. Though many of his supporters argue it's just a holding period before his eventual extradition to the U.S. to stand trial for the alleged possession and dissemination of classified information. If convicted, he'll be sentenced to 175 years in prison. Okay. So a 50-week, basically a year in prison, he's going to be spending in isolated uh, in, 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 in confines. God only knows if he'll survive the current predicament that is that he's in. God only knows. And Assange is dangerous to the deep state. Very dangerous. This is a guy whose information was not only pivotal to the dismantling of the narrative that has been controlled for so long by so many of the elites, but the fact that this man has a supposed dead man switch. That if anything were to happen to him, there could be the potential of even more catastrophic, paradigm-altering information that can be dumped for the world to see. How this will play out, I don't know. But the fact that we're seeing Assange wilting away and nobody's talking about it. nobody's keep very few media outlets are actually keeping the news and the details and updates about Julian Assange to the forefront. Very few. In the, in the U.S., pretty much nobody's covering it. Nobody whatsoever. So I wanted to give you guys an update on Julian. And I'm hoping that he does survive the 50 weeks. And I'm hoping that he gets extradited to the United States. But I'm hoping... That he gets pardoned. I'm hoping on this weird fantasy that he will shed light on the deep state, that names will be named and heads will roll. But as my great mentor, the man who has taught me everything that I know, has once said, you can hope in one hand and crap in the other and see which piles up faster. I'm not going to base my strategies nor my hopes nor my endeavors based upon hope. Hope is not a strategy, folks. Never was, never is. It's not a strategy. We live in the real world. We live in a world of absolutes. As much as the far leftists would like to make you think that there is no absolutes, but it is a world of absolutes. I'm talking about how things are in terms of reaction, in terms of action and reaction in terms of 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 the paradigm not the paradigm but the balance of things so to speak absolutes and it's absolutely true that as the as we are approaching the bubble maximum okay as we are approaching the bubble maximum we're going to be seeing more and more meddling of the central banks. Now, folks, last two broadcasts, go back and listen to it. Okay, go back and listen to the last two broadcasts. The ones where I detailed, 
And this is the this was the the debased to inflate was number one, is, is is and the one before that. Actually, the three broadcasts. It's a shit show. You're not invited. New fiscal year, same OBS. Primed and primed is a good one. Start for that. Primed and prime, and then work your way to the top to the last one that I did, which is called debase and to debase to inflate. Go through it. Listen to it. Take notes. It is the gorilla pouring out his heart and his brain to you, showing you that we are in bubble maximum. We are peak bubble, folks. Now, global stocks rise on central bank stimulus hopes. Think about that. Folks, when the ape came on the scene back in 2012, I said this. Look, you don't have a real economy when your equities markets are dependent upon a central bank. You don't have a real economy when your real estate market is dependent upon the central bank. You do not have a real economy when your bond market is dependent upon a central bank. And these are the three fictitious drivers that are driving the Western world. It's not going to end well. And I'm not just going to say the Western world in general, but also China's in trouble. You know, a lot of people are talking about, okay, you know, the, the trade war and this, that, and the other, and China's going to smash this and that. It's not looking too good. They have problems. Granted. Granted, they do. And granted, their problems might not be as systemic. But honestly, it is systemic in the sense of financial, where it is today. The reason why I say this is this. There's a lot of truth coming out about you know China's banking sector which is not looking too good, looks extremely over-leveraged. Okay, it's stupid to think otherwise. And again, we're, you know, many, many, many people who are pro-supporters of the multipolar world. Um, and people need to understand, the multipolar, if you think the multipolar world is exclusively this Chinese invention, you are gravely mistaken. If China is taken out of the picture tomorrow the multipolar world will continue to evolve and grow. Why? Because it is the driver and it's an idea whose time has come. It cannot be stopped. The cat's out of the bag. The genie is out of the bottle. And so if there's a move that China needs to do, if they are saying that, you know, if the, if the rumor mills are true, they got twenty to 30,000 metric tons of gold. Now's the time to do it. Now's the time to do it. But how do you do it without debasing the gold? You see, they can't pull the pull the curtain back yet. If they pull the curtain back yet, they'll crash the price of the yellow metal. What a predicament we're in when you think about it. Where globally that the only thing that can happen is the dollar or should happen is the dollar has to die. If China pulls back its curtain and says, here's 30,000 tons of gold, where's yours, the West? Can't do it now. Why? Because the dollar's still the king. The U.S. equities market for, you know, as, as fake and fraudulent as it is, still the most liquid market. It is where people that don't know any better, in my opinion, are heading and flocking to for the false sense 
security. False sense of security. They think it's a safe harbor. A safe bet. So right now, if they pull it, they stand to risk the debasing of the very metal that they're hedging their bets on. And making the dollar look even better. They need... What they need to do... What they need to do is, is let it run. Let the dollar run. Let, 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 the, let, the, let this implosion of peak bubble take place. Because when the bubble implodes... It's going to vaporize everyone. It's going to vaporize all the markets. It's going to vaporize the entire globe. And then, and only then, can they march out and bring about the solid, stable alternative to fiat currency, which has always been gold but there's a but here as in all factors the determining factors is human behavior and human decision making and I will tell you that the Chinese leadership is just as power hungry Not in the expansionist Western sense of the word, but they're still power hungry. Some of them are filled with hubris. Some of them are just degenerately corrupt, just like our leaders here. And the variable is always the human variable. The variable on every thing that is happening in this event-driven paradigm that we're in is all dependent upon variables. So the only guarantee that we have in uncertainty, folks, is pretty much uncertainty itself. Day-to-day trends, day-to-day market moves on any assets should be ignored. You shouldn't base your decision-making on what happens to Bitcoin tomorrow, what happens to gold the day after that, what happened to silver yesterday? Where's the Dow today? It, where's the NASDAQ and the S&P sitting? That's not what you base it on. You base it on a, on a longer-term trend. The longer-term trend is that the world's central banks are pretty much in agreement, have pretty much circled the wagons. And the world's biggest investment banks are also pretty much in agreement and have also circled the wagons. They all, together, the developed nations of the world, are coming to a universal consensus, almost like a mass consciousness among the banksters, that the only way forward is Max Bubble. Why Max Bubble? Well, we're going to get into velocity, maximum bubble like you would not believe. Why? It's the last hurrah. The last bit of wealth extraction before the entire house of cards falls apart. And that's what it is, folks. European stocks markets uh, open higher. 
after data showed a surprise rise in German exports and expectations of stimulus from the ECB. The Pan-European Stock X 600. The MSCI, All Country Worldwide Index, up. The DAX is up. Asian stocks advance. Why? Because China cut reserve ratios for banks. Country's weak trade data fuel speculation for further easing. Ooh, this is good. This is good. Everybody's... Look at that. More central bank manipulation. From the BOE, the Fed, the BOJ, the PBOC. All of them. Print, print, print. Stimulus, stimulus, stimulus. And just like a bunch of junkies ready for a hot load of heroin injected directly into their veins, the markets eagerly are waiting. Eagerly waiting. Oh, yeah. With the tourniquet around the arm, the spoon heating up the very liquidity drug itself, the stimulus drug, the syringe of the bankers loading it directly into the reservoir and then the plunger getting ready to be pushed right through the veins of the developed world's economies because this is all that's left this is all that's left how long does max bubble last me could be five could be ten years could be four years I don't know yet I don't know yet but we could possibly see the potential is there for a 10-year run that's all I'm saying a 10-year run and who are you gonna listen to the guy who's been right so far with everything that he's pretty much called I'm talking about a long-term trend because we could always get the day-to-day wrong everybody else telling you to head for the hills eat cats take your cat food and head to the bunkers because the market's gonna crash tomorrow Who's been calling Dow 20,000 plus since the market was at 14,000, folks? That's right. Me. Me. I'm telling you right now, the potential is there. Because there's going to be enough liquidity, enough bubble, enough stimuli to enter the market to create the rush that people are looking for. Switching gears very quickly. The blossoming relationship. Indian, you know, Indian Russia has had a long relationship. It's actually one of the most stable relationships in the modern century. The going going back decades, man. Their relationship is pretty damn solid. And India is announcing billions of dollars investment in Russia. Russia's doing the same thing in India. India is vital for the Indo Pacific strategy. Um and I think we're, we're I think India is gonna be picking up a lot of slack and slow down that China is suffering. I think the potential exists, and I think you're going to see a little bit more of a Russian push, a little bit more as Russia kind of diversifies its alliances, but yet remain uniquely Eastern, uniquely multipolar. So it's going to be very interesting to watch. I'm going to Give a further report on that down the road. And uh, with that being said, folks, this is the gorilla, and I'm out.